There was an incident that happened at the party that just was like, oh my God, all the bad things you thought about yourself, everybody really does feel that way. It's not just me thinking people feel that way about me, but I really am just a joke. It was devastating. And it led me into once I developed and I was a late bloomer and you know, I went from being like a skinny boy at 16 to 18, having like a Elle McPherson body, you know, and they called her the bod to getting lots of male attention and then using it in the wrong way because I thought, oh, I must not be that loser everybody said I was. And those things stick with you. Welcome back to Couch Talk, an intimate place for intimate conversation. And today we definitely have that. I shared a secret that I haven't shared with my audience and, you know, I don't remember sharing it with my audience. So maybe in my sexual CPR program, but you know, I'm all about healthy sexuality, healthy feminine health, and also reconnecting with our own sexual energy so that we can have longevity in our marriages. We can have that intimate relationship that lasts the lifetime, right? There's way too much divorce from disconnection and intimacy is a really big part of it, but that's in and outside the bedroom. And we touch on these topics today that have created some of the barriers that keep us from fully experiencing our own self-love as well as love for others. And today my guest is Lisa Davis. She is a has a master's in public health and she is a well-known sex educator. She's been in broadcast for over two decades and has a master's degree in public health. She's a creator, host, and producer of the syndicated It's Your Health Radio, which is heard on NPR, as well as the host producer of Talk Healthy Today and Talk Fitness Today. She is the author of Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, which again is not nothing dirty about what she's talking about here. It's a really holistic book. She really talks about how food can improve our libido and be aphrodisiac, as well as the lifestyle factors that also, again, create these blockages to really experiencing this healthy sexuality. And one thing I've really loved about my guest today is her vulnerability in sharing her experience, her story. And as I like to say, our past is our past and it stays in the past. And we can remove any guilt, shame that surrounds it and move forward with love, forgiveness, self-forgiveness, right? Self-love that we've created a really empowering future for ourselves and for others to live authentically and to no longer hide or disregard really critical parts of our own life. And as you know, as um, a gynecologist and obstetrician, integrative medicine and a sexual health expert for both men and women... Part of my passion has been my program, Sexual CPR, creating and reigniting love and intimacy in our life, as well as removing some of those barriers, like with my Jolva cream, you know, the anti-aging cream for vulvar health, right? And that's critically important to use because the hormonal changes, we can't do very much about them. And when we use these topical solutions that I created in Jolva, these ingredients as a combination really work wonders to remove the barrier of discomfort with sex, loss of pleasure, accidental urinary leaks, and the dryness and and the discomfort that goes with all of those things, right? But as we as we grow older and whatever age we're at, this discussion of intimacy, openness, and what are some of the things that are holding us back? In our conversation today with Lisa, she shares a bit of her 11-year-old story, her 11-year-old trauma. I share my 21-year-old story, 21-year-old trauma, and how that definitely affect us. When our words and experiences in our youth 
can linger on as scars on our soul unless we clear them. We break free of those chains or lies, untruths that have been imprinted on us by maybe someone we love, we care about an experience that we've had. And so that we can restore our own sexual self-confidence, right? In a very holistic, beautiful, honoring way. We talk about her struggles with clean eating as well as her struggles with her sexual history. I mean, seriously, don't we all have struggles like this that we can relate with? So I want to bring that up in this conversation, in our couch talk conversation, so that we can move past it. And one of the people she interviewed in her book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, is Margaret Paul. And she shares the six steps to freedom so that we can address unhealed trauma and create this incredible inner bonding with ourselves and that we develop that healthy relationship with ourselves. So you've got to listen to this and check out the work from Lisa Davis. She's just a fun, open, honest conversation great book. I really do believe it should be in everyone's bookshelf. Well, let me, let's get started and let's listen in to our conversation with Lisa. Welcome, Lisa. It is great to have you here on Couch Talk. You know, we call this the intimate place for intimate conversation and we are going to dig into it today. Well, I'm really excited to be here, Dr. Quebecca. Thank you so much. I, I love it. And I love your new book and I want you to tell us about it and also the play on words for your title. Well, thank you. So I happen to have it right here. Perfect what a coincidence. So it is called Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, Essential uh, Superfoods, and Aphrodisiac Practices for Ultimate Sexual Health and Connection. First thing, I love a good pun. Blame my family. It was the way I was raised. And I wanted something with clean eating, and I wanted something with sex. And I, I, I like the plan words of clean and dirty. The problem is some people will read the title and be like, oh, I'm not into dirty sex. I'm like, there's nothing dirty in the book. The best response is when people just laugh because they get it, right? They get that, okay, this is a book that's going to help your sexual health and it's going to help your overall health as well. And so that that's what's fun. But I, a funny story, my um, friend of mine, she couldn't find her 11-year-old daughter and She's looking around for her and, you know, she hears some rustling in the closet and she goes and opens the closet and her daughter's there with the book, with the flashlight. She goes, mom, this is just a health book. <laughs> I just made my day. This is so funny. I mean, there is some stuff on sexual health in there, but I still, she was pretty disappointed. <laughs> oh man. No, you are real in the book. You tell your story, your 11 year old story, right? Yes. You tell like the trauma, the, the imprints or the words that are written on our hearts, on our souls sometime at a young age that will keep us from acknowledging our sexuality or lead us astray in our own sexuality and our concept of intimacy and what it means to be completely feminine and sensual and beautiful as a woman. And that, you know, really your story right at the beginning of the book really just touched my heart because I now have an 11-year-old turning 12-year-old, right? And I have four daughters. So age. I feel like, gosh, you know, she should know everything. But I, you know, there's certain things I can't, right? We can't control what other people may say to her. And that's really powerful. So I want you to share just a little bit of that story about how young, when we are as adults, even in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, it doesn't matter how old we are, we can be held back by some of those scars 
untruths that experienced or have been words we've heard, right? We know the power of the word is really, really powerful. And so these things that have been written on my, on our hearts and from working with, as you have so many women with sexual health issues, they're often blockages from our childhood. I love that you brought that up in complete transparency, authenticity, and it was, it's really, really beautiful how you write. I want to thank you so much. And that was really important to me because I thought, you know, if I can't share my own experiences, the book's not going to be as as rich and as interesting and, and get people to ask the kind of questions that you're asking. I don't want to give away exactly what happened because I really want people to read the story. But it's basically just, I already felt like a loser. I grew up feeling like a loser. I was skinny. I was awkward. I was the last girl picked in gym. I had a few really close friends, but I just felt like people didn't really get me. And then my home life was tough. My mom was chronically ill and I didn't go into that a lot. I I talked, I touched on that in the book, but I didn't really go into how hard it was. And so I really felt I wasn't really happy at home. I wasn't happy out in the world. And I was never invited to a boy girl birthday party ever until my friend Shelly Baudet (laughs) invited me. And I remember, and I put this in the book and I swear it was like it was yesterday. I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, I look good. I had my like brown and orange collared shirt on because it was the late 70s and I had my hair feathered and my hair was not meant to be feathered. It was like really frizzy and it took a lot to like get it feathered. And I remember feeling good. And then there was an incident that happened at the party that just was like, oh my God, all the bad things you thought about yourself, everybody really does feel that way. It's not just me thinking people feel that way about me, but I really am just a joke. It was devastating. And it led me into once I developed and I was a late bloomer and, you know, I went from being like a skinny boy at 16 to 18, having like a Elle McPherson body, you know, and they called her the bod to getting lots of male attention and then using it in the wrong way because I thought, oh, I must not be that loser. Everybody said I was. So those, and those things stick with you. Well, and I think you say it so well and and honestly in the book and you're like, well, I was seeking these outside attentions to feed this gap or this insecurity in my own soul, right? This lack of sense of self. And and that is rampant in today's culture with the perfect social profiles, right? The perfect images. And and again, from being, you know, a gynecologist working with all levels, celebrities, experts, et cetera, I mean, everyone has these insecurities in so many ways or or can have them. And that can hold us back. And I think that's really, really powerful. One of our mutual friends, Dr. Keisha Ewers, talks about this in great detail and how it really affects our immune system. And in many ways, this this lack of sense of self, right, allows invaders. And mental invaders are, are some of the worst. And when we are, and I coach online programs, I work with women, and often I hear these beautiful, talented, accomplished women will say, you know, I feel like I don't deserve that. At any age, we can be dealing with this. And of course, I'm especially tender with my, uh, after reading your book too, with my 11-year-old, 12-year-old, like, shoot, you know, I really need to revisit this. I think I'm, I've created these amazing, confident women, but you know, let me keep speaking into that and giving stories like the one you shared. I'm just going to share that with her because- Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. And this means so much to me because I've heard people say, I'm really touched that you shared this. And I had you on the show because, you know, you shared this and 
it made your book, you know, different than a lot of books out there. But I, I I'm really nice. It's so nice to hear about that with your own daughter. Cause I've shared, my daughter's 15 and I've shared this story with her and she was just so sweet. She's like, Oh mom, you know, she's just, but she's, you know, different and quirky and she has her own struggles, but it helps to know that, you know, I've been there too. And she can always talk to me about them and I you know, love it. Yeah, it opens up the door. So yeah, I would say our uniqueness creates us. And my daughter, when my other child, she's now 20, but when she was 13, 14, she came home from school one day and she said, Mom, you know, I'm I'm just not like anyone else. You know, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> like, Can you get her together thank with my God? <laughs> yes, I'm just not like anyone else. So she's taking her third year of college, then spending a year in Nijmegen. I'm like, if you were like everyone else, you'd be at the community college right here in Southeast Georgia. So be very, you know, be very glad how this panned out. Exactly. So let's dig into this dirty sex issue because I have a program called Sexual CPR. It's a really holistic, really, I say, you know, God-centered program to enhance our feminine energy, our sexuality because of these things, words from our past, experiences, self-talk, self-doubt, self-recrimination based on mistakes or bad judgment. And we've all had it. I'll raise my hand on that one. (laughs) And especially if we've had trauma, sexual assault, sexual abuse, date rape, and All of those things create a rebound in many, many ways and expose us to some emotional trauma that we have to deal with at any age, at any age. And so I think it's, it's really cool to like, like have fun with that. I love, I loved when I saw your title, clean eating, dirty sex. I'm like, oh yes. And I know it's about food and health and all this good stuff, but you these real stories about our, our sexual health and our sexual self-confidence. I would say that more. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Sexual self-confidence. And you tap into that in many different areas. Like, how do I get my sexual self-confidence back? And what are the things I need to do from my lifestyle perspective? What do I need to do from my communication perspective? And the concept of like, you know, like what's dirty about sex, you know, with the person you love in an intimate relationship and there's no holding back. So you can continue that intimacy post-menopause, well into old age, there have sanctity of marriage, right? We have longevity of marriage and quality love and health. So bravo. Oh, thank you. No, I really enjoyed it. You know, it's, I've been in this field for a long time. So for 20 years, I started in TV and then got into radio and podcasts and people will say, well, why did you pick those topics? And it's like, well, I hadn't seen anything like this before where you have a memoir plus a cookbook plus a healthy lifestyle guide where I could reach out to a lot of experts that I've interviewed. And I also wanted to focus on two areas that I struggled with. I struggled with clean eating. You know, I talk about hiding the Girl Scout cookies and that's the whole reason I joined Girl Scouts. Jeez, what is with with the Girl Scouts? Can't they take the trans fat out of the cookies? Like, come on, it's 2020. But I digress. And then I struggle with having a healthy relationship with sex and not using it to gain attention. So I thought that was sort of interesting too. And it made it make more sense of why I was sharing these types of stories. What's your favorite part of the book? What was your favorite part to write? Uh, the memoir stories were my favorite part. I thought they were not only really candid, but I thought they were funny. And I thought that I, I people always say, oh, you're such a crack up. And I like to use my humor and, and use it in a way that's going to benefit people and help people and, and be able to tell a story. So even though there's sad moments, like I talked about that thing that happened at the party, 
I think that the way I write it is engaging. I hope, I mean, I hope that came out to you. That was something that I really enjoyed. I also enjoyed being able to take interviews that I've done with people and, you know, expand on them, add to them, and then put them into the book and being able to have such an amazing array of experts to choose from, from, you know, Dr. Lori Shemek to Dave Asprey. And there's, you know, too many to mention, but there's over 50. (laughs) So it's a lot in the fields of psychology, sexology, exercise, physiology, you know, nutrition, sexual health. There was a great, a great therapist that I interviewed from California. She gave some great tips and I think that's why you can you can get so much from the book. And I tell people, even if you're celibate, if you do the stuff with the fitness and the exercise and the communication with your partner, whether you're looking to have better sex or not, you're going to have, you probably end up having better sex, but you're also going to just have better overall health. Well, it's a longevity diet for sure. And it's a longevity approach plus feeding in the intimacy. So one of the big things that like I would say the most important hormone in our body that trumps any other hormone is oxytocin hormone of love, bonding, and connection, sexual or not sexual, right? There's that sense of intimacy, community, connection, relationships are the most vitally important thing to us. And with that, one of my favorite parts of your book is this inner bonding chapter that you wrote and the six steps to freedom. Lisa, you know, this is, this is so good. This is so good. Well, that's all Margaret Paul. Oh, that is so good. Amazing. Yeah, she is such an inspiration. I learned about her from my sister several years ago. And she said, Lisa, you've got to read Margaret Paul's work. You've got to have her on your show. And I was just blown away. It's like really developing that relationship with yourself. When you weren't nurtured, if you were abused, if you were neglected, whatever the case is, you have to have that inner love for yourself. And she takes you through these steps. And I think that something that was so important to me that I hadn't seen in other books around sexual health was unhealed trauma. And that's why I reached out to Margaret Paul, because you can eat all the blueberries and do all the yoga and, and have the good eye, you know, active listening and eye messages and time with your partner and putting your phone down and all that stuff. But if you have unhealed trauma, that's going to get in the way, right? In many areas of your life. And so I'm just, you're making me so happy. I can cry. <laughs> oh, just, well, and it's not I'm just sexual trauma, in right? Sync, you know, in oh. sync. Yes, of course. We are in sync and it's not sexual trauma only, right? That's just a part of it. And my experience was post-traumatic stress leading to a disconnect in my marriage. I no longer felt loved. I no longer felt connected. And this marriage we wanted to last no matter, you know, through our trauma, through everything, we still ended up in divorce. And it was that feeling, I do not feel love. I do not feel connected. And like, how and what other ways can I feel connected? What other ways can I feel love? What was wrong with the physiology? And I write about that. That's chapter eight in my book. And that's pretty honest. And I mean, it's really honest. And of course, I could elaborate in, in a much bigger way. But I think that's where this inner bonding, like I had to begin to love myself. I had to stop shaming, blaming myself and reframe my experiences in a positive self-loving way. So that inner bonding, let's, let's walk through just a couple of the steps. Like what, you know, what have you found that's been so impactful? I'm not familiar with her work, Margaret Paul, but I am. Read everything, go online and just type in Margaret Paul. She is just so incredible. I absolutely love her. I have to be honest with folks. I don't, there's so much in the book. I don't have them memorized, but what I'll go through them with you when I go, when I've done my work with her and, you know, around working with her and you can work with her, by the way. I mean, she's 
she's phenomenal. I mean, she's just made such a difference in my sister's life and she's really helped me as well. I think she's pretty phenomenal. I also talk about resentment in that chapter as well. That's a big one. That is such a big one. I like, you know, here you say, Margaret told me when we're being neglected or abused, we're all alone. And I got to put my glasses on. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to keep mine on my eyesight. Turn after 50. It's like, what, where is everybody? (laughs) Right. Like what? So when we're being neglected or abused, we're all alone and we're helpless and there's nothing we can do. The pain is too much for a child to manage alone. What happens during child abuse of all kinds is that most of the time a child learns to disassociate. They leave their body or go up into their head as a coping mechanism. It's actually a very good coping mechanism, but it creates a pattern of dissociating from feelings. In order to stay in our heads and away from painful feelings, we learn to judge ourselves to turn to various addictions and make other people responsible for our feelings. These self-abandoning and self-rejecting behaviors perpetuate the disconnection that happened during the abuse. So we have this wounded self versus the loving self. And, and oftentimes this abuse, and I know from my experience, I'll be honest with you, Lisa stems from, you know, I was, you know, I grew up Catholic, Christian. I definitely loved my, you know, I was 100% feminine, loved, you know, having friends, opposite sex, dating, but I was a virgin. I was a virgin intending to be a virgin until, you know, I really connected in love with my future husband, right? So at nearly age 21, I experienced date rape. And that was a really traumatic experience for me. And it opened a door to compensatory behavior that I can now discuss and open up about and, you know, recognize how really sometimes date, sex, date rape, sexual abuse opens up a door to like, okay, well, how do I, you know, how could someone do that to me? Am I not loving or how, let me just prove or that I can be loving. I'm not exactly sure, but there's a personal physical boundary that's eliminated during that interaction, that exposure, all of a sudden your body is not yours. You're now outside your body. Okay, well, what you do to my body doesn't really affect me. And it's this subconscious, it's not even conscious. And as I experienced it, then went on to study women's health, women's sexual health, been very passionate about really explaining this to others that have experienced these kinds of trauma. We actually now created and founded a home for girls who have been sex trafficked and we do a Christian rehab, you know, EMDR work. We do a trauma work, education, schooling. It's for girls age 12 to 18. So there's a lot of relearning, but just speaking about these experiences and being able to relate in certain ways that, you know, you know you're, there's not something wrong with you. You're not evil. You're not bad. You're not whatever. You're like doing the best you know how to do to survive. And often it's, it's, you know, corrective physiology in a way. So this, these steps to this freedom are really transformative and necessary. I think whether we've had, a, you know, a sexual assault or not, I mean, like, I want everyone to read this aspect of your, this part of all of your book. I mean, so much fun. It's really good. You're right on target, but definitely this part of your book too, because I'm going to bring it up in my magic menopause class too. We'll talk oh, about I'm that. So glad. Oh, well, you should get Margaret on your show. I can connect oh, you. I'm too. just bringing you on my show, girl. We're going <laughs> to keep the conversation open. Yeah, well, this is fun. Fantastic. Do you want me to go through the steps? Do you want yeah. I mean, people? Go, okay, yeah, go. let's go through so a couple step steps. one uh, is willingness to feel pain and take responsibility for your feelings. In this step, you make a conscious decision that you 
want to take responsibility for your feelings and for learning how you are causing your own anxiety, depression, anger, guilt, and shame with your own thoughts and actions. And that can be hard sometimes, right? Because you want to blame the person that hurts you, right? And I don't think she's saying not to, but at the same time, you have to look within yourself. Step two is moving into the intent to learn. Invite the compassionate presence of love, your higher self, God, compassion into your heart and choose to be in in the intent to learn about loving yourself rather than the intent to protect yourself from pain. So I think a lot of the things that I did sleeping around and just not really dealing with stuff was not dealing with things that happened in my childhood and, and the different trauma that I went through instead of stopping and just loving yourself, right? It's like you're running away because it's hard not to. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I've done a lot of therapy. And I still struggle with the attention seeking at times, and which I'm very open about, you know. Step three, ask your inner child questions such as, what am I telling myself that is causing this pain? And ask your wounded self questions such as, what am I avoiding feeling with my protective controlling behavior. As you listen inside for answers, you uncover the false beliefs created in the past and which are causing the current self-abandonment. I think that's so interesting because I never really thought about, wow, you know, not only if you were abused you, or you're abandoned, then you're abandoned again by yourself, right? So how to get back in touch with yourself. She's just wow, fabulous. Wow, wow, wow. That's powerful because I've never put those two words together, self-abandonment, right? But I can totally see it. I can see how it played out in my own life, right? Again, if we put words to it, the eyes don't see what the mind don't know. So as long as we can just look and investigate, okay, well, maybe, maybe that was, you know, that's what was happening. That's a survival mechanism, but doesn't serve us. It no longer serves us. Yes, exactly. Uh, Step four, you ask your source of love, whatever that is for you. What is the truth about the thoughts, false beliefs I'm covered in step three? And what is loving for me to do in this situation? What is kind to myself? You open and allow the answers to come through you in words, pictures, or feelings. In step five, you take, I love this word or this phrase, loving action based on the information that came through your guidance in step four, over time, loving actions, heal the shame, anxiety, and depression that resulted from your self-abandonment. And in step six, you evaluate if the loving action was effective. It's just, it's really, really intense. And it's something that you, you know, you can do on your own, right? You get her work, read my book, get more about her, go on YouTube, look her up, Mark, Dr. Margaret Paul, but then it's, you know, it, it's great if you want to see her, but you can also do this work on your own, which I like. And that's what I try to do with the whole book is to provide enough information where people can say, oh, okay, I love how Dr. Pancod Bidge said, find your why. And I loved how Beth Frady's MD, who's, you know, lifestyle medicine uh, doctor, physician and teaches at Harvard, talked about this, this Moss method, motivation and obstacles, overcoming obstacles and strategies. And, you know, and I love how, Andrea Donsky talked about her own issues. She said, I do a show with her naturally savvy, which you're going to come on and found out what was ailing her and was able to make changes and then became a nutritionist to help other people. You know, it's, it's just so interesting to see. Yeah. And you do a great job in sharing those stories. I think that's really powerful. So these are the six steps to inner freedom so that we can create this inner bonding, right? That sense of self-love and no longer self-abandonment, but, you know, self-actualization. So, and again, self-love, self-connection, like connecting to ourselves and being able to say, oh, wow, well, I can see that, right? And Oprah says this really well. Trauma is an explanation, but it's not an excuse. 
right? Trauma is an explanation, but it's not an excuse. So, you know, move on, move forward. And the act of forgiveness is self-love. The act of forgiving is self-love and forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. So those are like my favorite sound bites of all time. I've had to run those mantras through my head for uh, numerous, numerous times for sure. Tell everyone where they can get your book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. And I want everyone, listen, guys, you need, this book needs to be in your bookshelf. This is just, it's great stuff. There are gold nuggets. It's an easy read. It's a quick read, right? Just so many gold nuggets. And the way you did it with the expert interviews and your interjections, it's its really, really well done. So thank you so much. Also, don't forget, there are over 50 recipes. Erin McDonald, she is the nutritionist dietitian for Clean Eating Magazine. She runs the Clean Eating Academy. And that woman has a way with spices. I told her what foods are scientifically shown to be good for sexual health. And she whipped up some incredible recipes. This is what the book looks like. I thought it was really clever. Um, it's through Skyhorse Publishing. You can find it at your Wait, local bookstore. Hold book that up again. I just, because I have the um, electronic version. That is hysterical. Isn't that fun? I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. That's fun. That is fun. Um, But you can get it at your local bookstore. Skyhorse is really good about getting books in bookstores, but you can also get it on Barnes and Noble, Amazon or wherever you buy books. And I have a new website, which I'd love to plug. I made it nice and easy. My old ones are always too long. This is just lisadavismph.com. Perfect. Perfect. All right. lisadavismph.com. Easy. So I'm buying like a second. I know. I'm like I could talk to you forever. I could talk to you forever. Okay, Absolutely. We could do more things together. Definitely. We, we do. I, I see that. I see that happening. Definitely. So I want to thank you so much and honor you for your time and being with us today and sharing your wisdom with your with our audience and your book and your pearls. And I'm excited to continue the conversation. I'm sure for our listeners, I want to encourage each and every one of you. I know this is a episode that we've touched on some really heated stuff here. So if you have questions, email me, email my team, team at drannacabeca.com. Email us or put comments down below this. You're on my podcast page and share what you're experiencing or what your thoughts are. I want to hear from you because I'm going to bring Lisa back and we're going to continue to delve in this subject because we have so much that we need to open up and connect with and our relationships are the most important thing in our life and anything holding us back from that quality soulmate connection and relationship and not just with the person that we love but our soulmate families right our families by choice and our families by birth and like how are those relationships in our life and I want them to be golden like I say because of the work that I've done over the years and just holding true to a healthy, strong foundation. I have the best relationships now than I've ever had had in my entire life. And, and it's important that we get there. I know that so many women and men struggle with that piece of connection, reconnection, open, honest communication. But when we have that, the love can just erupt from that and self-love, self-adoration as opposed to self-abandonment. We want to get to that state in, in all of our lives so that also we can lead our next generations up to be in that same space without the many years trauma, denial, and recriminations that often that often occurs. So to everyone listening, be bold, brave, beautiful. It is great to have you on Couch Talk. Please let me hear your thoughts below and, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you.